Mm. O. M. Me. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Everyone to another episode of Supernatural: The Crossroads. As always, I'm your host Thomas Cowley. Joined with me is Ryan Denton. What up? And Michael Flores. Yo. And today, guys, we are talking about season twelve, episode three, "The Foundry." Which, going off topic immediately, I still don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, you know, what, I dude. Did, I, and I want a fan. If I you know, it, either in the live chat or on demand later, if you know exactly what the episode is referencing with that title. I'm really curious because it the only thing no I can sense, think of dude. is a is a factory. The actual definition. Yeah, but or a, play, what, what a did metal that have working to do with shop. The, what the hell did that have to do with the episode? And that's my thing. I don't know. So that's bothering me. So I wanted to start with that. Yeah. If we could get some <laughs> listeners in the chat room. I think people are still confused because we have a new chat room. It's at yeah. rainmandigitalmedia.com. Click on the right side where it says come chat at the crossroads. You'll see it right there. It's come C-U-M. And, I, and I made it. a few oh, changes because I know some people didn't like the new chat room. They prefer the GeoCities version. <laughs> uh, so uh, for you old schoolers, I added names in there because I guess people want to see names and how many cool. people are in the chat room, I guess. And now, and now there's nobody in there. I think they hated the chat room so much. They're never going to come back. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, the chat room was so shit that we don't care anymore so. i think there's a couple people in there right now yeah we're bitching about lucifer they're bitching about the chat room <laughs> we're like yeah. so in the show and they're like your guys's thing sucks nobody paying attention to it but either way if somebody would like to let us know what that means or if anyone's figured it out i'd love to know but that's the episode we're talking about and this one had a lot of different things going on for it it was both you know moving the plot the major yep. myth arc plot along it was a monster of the week it delved into some serious character development, which I was a big fan of. It, it had a little bit it of everything. everything. Yeah, you know? it had a little bit of everything. Those and, are those are my favorite episodes. Oh yeah, well, you those know. are the best ones. I mean, it hits on everything that we want. It's all walls, episode. all walls. Yes, I, there's a joke in there. I was gonna say there's a joke I, there somewhere. There's, yeah, a, there's, a, sexual, there's somewhere. a sexual joke of there. Of course, but. of course there is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're Mike, then you can't hit any of the walls. Oh, that I just never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this this episode had everything, and this one, I think, comes from the, the duo behind it. You know, we had Robert Barron's writing again, and we had Robert Singer at the directing helm. We had the Bobs. We had, yeah, we had the Bobs. The Bob, Bob Squared. Yeah. Bob Squared, Jesus. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. Robert Barron's has had a lot of really strong episodes. You know, Robert Singer's been here forever. It makes sense that this this brings everything we wanted, and I think it was kind of nice to have this cohesive complete 
story yeah. told in this episode. Because, I mean, the second part of the season finale did remedy a lot of our issues that we had with the first part. But I think it was nice to have all this kind of encapsulated in one installment. Absolutely. You know, yeah, it's a nice little change. I don't disagree. And I, I think that's also important when you realize that we are almost at the halfway point before mid-season break. Yeah, that, that's Or a quarter season break, that's however that's going now. I thought you were going to say we we're almost halfway to the halfway point to the end of the series. I was like, wow, no, 24 no, no. seasons, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> we got ways to go, guys. Uh, I mean, hey. I mean, if you want to do it, no one's going to stop yeah, you. Yeah, we'll just rename the show to MASH. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I'll be 42 when we end, so... I'm okay with that. Yeah, who cares? My son will finally be able to watch the show. <laughs> well, is he scared of it or what? I just don't... I think it's too... Some of it's too gruesome for kids. I, I In my opinion, I he's eight. That. Seasons one and two. Want, I, don't, I don't want to see blood and, like, and all that shit. He's eight years old. Nah, dude, he's, he's seasoned on that's, his that's iPad. Why, that's why I'm blown... That's no, he doesn't. That's why I'm blown away by how many parents... Do, like, I'm not against violence. I'm actually pro-violence, but I'm also pro-sex and cursing as well in, in, in TV you're shows. A, you're a good person. But... Right. But at the same point, at the same token, though, like, I am amazed that there are people that allow their eight-year-olds to watch The Walking Dead. I'm like, wow. That makes well, no dude, sense. Wow. Okay, let me, I went and saw Terminator 2 when I was 10. Yeah, and look at you. You're, you're full of being. anger. You're I'm full a great of anger. Being. I'm a fantastic For more on Ryan's anger, visit yeah, last, this, week's last week's episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, last week's episode got a little heated. <laughs> or just wait for the previously on Supernatural that's coming oh, up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, dude, like, okay, well, what video games does your son play? This isn't the Michael show. No, I'm just asking, like, violence He he, he plays Minecraft. Okay, that's pretty violent, dude. You can fucking pixel hit someone in the head with a pixel sword. (laughs) All right. I'm kidding. No, I just, um... I agree with you. I think it's a bit odd. It it is a bit odd that people let their eight-year-olds or or, or younger watch shows like that. I'm like, dude, that's... Okay, especially last week's Walking Dead. I mean, like, dude, that's... Yeah. That's some crazy shit, dude. And then you've got... So hopefully by season 24, my son will finally be able to enjoy enjoy the show Absolutely. Finally, by season 24. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I think, I mean, you we have to realize we have eight episodes before we take a break, which okay. means they need to move the plot along in a fairly quick way. And I think the way they did it was a nice way to kind of go, think it to kind of stay true to what Dab wanted this season, which was, hey, we're going to bring back the monster element, a little bit of the horror element, but yeah. also help the show move. Yeah, by using the other side characters to help the main, well, the main myth arc, I guess, yeah. move along smoothly. Essentially, we have four episodes. We we say seven, but we have now that we've seen this ep- this third episode, we only have four left. Five, the mid seasons after the eighth. Oh, is it, it is? Yeah, okay. we got eight episodes total. We finished three. Okay, yeah, three plus five is eight. Yeah, yes. Thank you. I was I was actually going to get my calculator out and start, <laughs> but I I figured you guys. As would long answer. as there's no carrying, once you have to start carrying like the one over, I'm screwed. Yeah, then you're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, second I mean, grade math is where you tapped out. Yeah, oh, absolutely, dude, math is I awful. Can't dude. take it. Fucking the worst thing ever. <laughs> Luckily, I only have two balls. I wouldn't be able to do that math. Dude, I, I failed yeah. calculus twice in college. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate math. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we, we're going to need to start. I think I, we talked like, about it. Like Mike before. said, I think they're doing, they're on a they pretty did a good, good job. Yeah, they're on a pretty one. good path right now. The pacing is working so far. So before we get too into that, we're going to talk on news as always. Yay. And we have a little bit of interesting stuff uh, in regards to news. Supernatural's Jared Padalecki and Jensen Eccles say that it would be an honor if Eric Kripke returned for the series finale. Right. So this this uh, first article that we have is from TV Line, and 
I'm going to jump right into the quote. Uh, this is from uh, Jared. He says, "I don't like to. Uh, I don't like to say when the show ends because the show's not going to end." Which right is there, and this is great. something that Mike said before we started. Forty-seven, at, uh, you know, forty-seven seasons later. Seasons later, yeah. This is something that Mike you brought up before we started. Was that this? I think is the first time they've said. They don't want the show. One yeah. of them has said they don't want the show to end. Not that they're okay with doing it so long as it's still good, but right. that they don't want the show to end. Well, because especially for the last couple of years, Jared has been on the mental mind track at a lot of the conventions and also in interviews. He's, he hasn't said it, but he's kind of been more about the kids, which makes sense. And I know he wanted to kind of trail off a bit or I guess uh, kind of veer away, I should say, from a lot of the day-to-day supernatural type work that it takes to do a show because he wanted to be home more when his son goes to school. Right. Which is not important, personally, but whatever. Oh, come on. I'm kidding. Yeah, and you let your kid watch <laughs> The Walking Dead at, yeah, absolutely. at, at three years old. Awesome kids. Awesome. Just, they just eat fruit roll-ups yeah. and soda. Yeah, Dad, you see me rail that, that kid? <laughs> like, I can imagine that. At least you used my word. Thank you. <laughs> you, you would be proud. I would That's be like, my boy. Hey, He's man. Such a bad, he, look, Ryan's the kind of person that should not have kids. Look, hold on. Here's the <laughs> thing. Okay, I'm not going to teach my kid to be a fighter, but if someone wants to fight him, he's going to be finishing that fight. Okay. okay. Hands down. Okay. Because I taught him how to be a fighter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Whatever. But Jesus okay, Christ. let me finish this Move, quote. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, but when the show does start to wrap down, I would love to see Eric come back and give his opinion because he created us in the first place. So it would be an honor. Ackles echoes. Ackles echoes the sentiment saying I would it would be a nice little bow on top bow on top of the head on top of the whole thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ having Eric take us out. Um, but is the the busy producer who uh, departed as showrunner six years ago and is now behind the NBC drama Timeless interested in revi- revisiting his former stomping grounds when CW series bids for well. He goes when I'm 90 Kripke jokingly responds. Uh, I do fantasize that it would be great to to at least come in and be a co-writer of the finale whenever that would be Kripke adds but Obviously, that depends on what executive producer Bob Singer wants, uh, what showrunner Andrew Dabb wants, and what I'm doing at the time. But yes, the idea of it, it would be cool if possible. I think more or less it comes down to the respecting the boundaries of the new showrunner. I mean, arguably, let's say the show ends in four years. Okay, let's just okay. say. Yeah. And Andrew Dabb's not the showrunner. We have another showrunner who doesn't know dick about Eric Kripke. Is he going to want the guy who did the show 17 years ago to come in and, and piddle, piddle around in the writing room? You know, like well, if you it, don't know Dick about this show, you probably would have gotten fired. Well, so. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he doesn't under, <laughs> he doesn't have a relationship with Kripke. And I, also, I get what as you're a saying. as Just lock him in a room for seven hours, they'll, be, they'll create a relationship. So stupid. I would I wouldn't mind them doing rather than coming in and doing the last two episodes. It would be great if he did a Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino maneuver from Sin City, where you Robert Rodriguez brought in Tarantino to direct a fifteen minute scene. And that scene was filled with Tarantino-esque themes and vibes. Like, you can tell Tarantino directed it. Now, if they were to do something like that in the final few episodes, they bring Kripke to, like, actually direct a scene, like a very important scene. That would be... I would back... The last shot of the episode. I would be okay with that because he doesn't need to be fully on board for an entire season to understand what's going on with the show. He's not going to be stepping over or on the toes of any other current showrunners. Uh, it's kind of a one and done thing. I'm going to come in, do my my fan service, say you know goodbye to everybody, and I'm out the door. That would be amazing. That would work. I personally would be more of a fan of had he come on for the final season and well, been involved for the final season, not showrunner necessarily, but more structuring the story. He doesn't have to be on every episode. He doesn't have to direct every scene. He doesn't have to be in everything. 
but have his him be the Andrew Dab and Jeremy Carver for season eleven, be be it Dab or whoever with Kripke for the final season. Because the because my fear of the let's come in for the last two episodes is that the vibe is completely off or it or it changes too much because you have a different director or showrunner with a different idea finalizing right. should, things. Yeah. Should we start to think that maybe he just won't come back at all? See, I think he would. This sounds to me relatively positive because he. I, I think he kind of realizes he has a couple years where before he has to worry about this. It's kind of like, you guys ever uh, had a job? I think, like, a, like, say a job as a kid, and okay. I, I would go even when I quit that job, I was there for two years as a kid. I would go back and I would say, what's up to the buddies that de- never left? Right. Like, hey, what's up, dude? After about three and a half, four years, you realize that when you go back, none of your friends work there anymore. So there's no yeah. reason to go. Right. And I feel almost it would be like that with Kripke. Right now, if the show were to end next year, I can see Kripke coming in and be like, what's up, guys? I'm back. And everyone's applauding and all happy. Yeah, but... But if he comes back on season 17, when the writing room has nobody that knows who he is, yeah, except the fact by Jared name. But here's, but here's my argument. One, Robert Singer's probably going to be there. Uh, two, of course. Yeah. Two, Jared and Jensen and probably Misha Collins are going to be there. And three, anybody who's working on Supernatural and is integral to the fandom and has to be plugged in to work on this show, yeah. you're gonna fucking know who Eric Kripke is. I agree. I don't feel like you can go into the show and be any fucking good at it and that's, not dude, know what the hell happened bro, for the last 10 years. That's like getting picked picked up in 1993 to play for the Chicago Bulls and not knowing who Michael Jordan is. I mean, that's... Who, who, right. is, who is Michael Jordan? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that, 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 essentially, that's the way to look at it. I mean, like, yeah. he, he, he'll have people he'll know. I, I just think that Yes, this sounds promising, but should we... Kripke waits too long to use your analogy, though. It'll be like Michael Jordan going to the Wizards. Yeah, but people still knew who Michael (laughs) Jordan was. It's one of those things, man. Like, I think if... It has to be done right, but I think maybe we should start thinking about the possibility that he might just not come back. I think it could work. I don't want to have it be done poorly, though. Whether that means don't have him come on because for whatever reason he's not interested, he's not plugged in. And I, and you're just going to mess with it too much and you won't have the execution of a showrunner who knows what they wanted to do with it. Yeah. In the chat room, uh, Jigsaw, Jigsaw, I believe, says, um, I have a hard time believing Kripke isn't paying attention to his baby. I agree. I mean, look at look at uh, Robbie Thompson did with uh, Don't Call Me Shirley. He sent the script over to Kripke to get like final approval on it. Like, hey, does this have your blessing? Yeah. So. If, I feel like he's if involved. They are, if they, if the writer is anything, you know, if he's worth a damn, the writer will. I agree with you, Thomas. Will respect the roots yeah. of the show and say, "Hey, look, it. I don't know you personally, but I know you started this shit. Yeah. Here you go. What do you think?" And I and I or, think come on board exactly. And I think if you pay attention to the social media, he's still tweeting about it. He's still doing. He's getting interviewed every couple of weeks about Supernatural. Like he's plugged in. He knows what's happening. You can't so, tell me he's not making money. Off I'd of it. like to believe. Oh, of course, oh absolutely. Dude, he's, he's, he no wonder he's dude, fucking he don't have about it, He don't have to work a day in his life, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's no got that he's syndication about. dollars, yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. He gets syndication blowies on the weekend, guaranteed. Oh, he man. just, he just, <laughs> I need those. He just showers people Except in the checks, club. They just have somebody come over. He and just blow goes him. in, dude. Every, we have syndication, so I can get those. Yeah, yeah you know how poor people, like, uh, like you know, like my family in Mexico, they not Mexico, but in the poor parts of Arizona, they celebrate when they get those government checks, right? Yeah. Well, that's him on syndication payday, dude. He, he just ass with those. Yeah, though. dude. He's like, it's club <laughs> night. <laughs> bottle, <laughs> bottle service, bitch. 
God. One beer. I would never want to go to the club with you, Mike. I don't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure you Anymore. Don't. I use my welfare check, though. So. Oh. oh. He goes down to fucking Guadalajara. <laughs> Lives like a king hey, for an hour. Money spreads a lot, lot farther. farther there. Money there. spreads yeah. a lot of things, if you know what I mean. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, of course. In Guadalajara? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Double, double in Guadalajara. <laughs> I, I think Kripke's plugged in. I don't think he's going to not pay attention. So I'd like to think he'd be involved. But again, it will determine or it will depend on what he's doing himself. Right. If Timeless has taken the fuck off and he's in the middle of something like the wrapping up his core story. Right. He probably will have to take bow out of that one. Yeah. But we'll see. I'd like to think he'll come back. So I think so. But we have a bit of news on other characters coming yes. into season 12. Which I presumably we're not going to see until the second half of it the has season. To be the second half, but so I have another article here. This is yeah. from Inquisitor, um, and it basically says the Walking Dead snagged one of former cast members of Supernatural when they cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, for the con- controversial role of Negan. Uh, Supernatural is returning the favor, bringing former Walking Dead guest star Alicia Witt on board for a new role for Supernatural. Uh, spoilers uh, indicate this new character is not good news for Castiel, as she'll be playing an old enemy of Castiel, returning to shake things up. Like in Sam and Dean, Winch- uh, like Sam and Dean Winchester, don't do a good, good enough Slow job. Slow down, dude. Son. Are you on speed? He's on crack yeah, right now. Like, I'm, dude, breathe. I'm on, I, no, dude, <laughs> he spent my government check on blow. Yeah, <laughs> damn right I am, dude. I, I got to blow. Never mind. Just breathe um, for a minute, Christ. He's got to blow. I, <laughs> basically, like Sam and Dean Winchester, don't do a good enough job of getting themselves into trouble of their own. Now, she was supposed to. I guess Alicia Witt was supposed to be at Walker Stalker Con this weekend. Yeah, and she sent out a tweet. Saying, hey, I can't, I didn't really actually read it, but I'm guessing she's saying, hey, I can't be there because I'm doing Supernatural. Well, now, so for those of you who don't know, Alicia Witt was the, in The played, Walking Dead, was the character who was Paula. one of Negan's people yeah, she, the in real, the complex she, that they, Carol and Maggie got abducted the, by. Didn't she get the uh, the arrow in the eyeball? No, I, I, she got like pinned to like, something. They're trying to, with in this the hallway, head, and then a zombie yeah. ate her. With this headline, they're really trying to ride the the Walking Dead train. Yeah, even you can though see they, the even sentence. though they don't need to. But she was in one episode, two. Of, I think. No, one. Was she? She died in the at the end. Maybe. Here's what, so here's what kills me, dude. Is like someone's okay. looking to, at their internet tags and yeah. trying to garner some well, Walking kills, Dead. What searches. kills me, dude, is like so Walker. Called Entertainment Con, Weekly is what they do best. Walk, ah, Walker Stalker from the nuts. Cool. Like they've got some. They get some cool guests. But it's like, hey, here's this Walking Dead star, and she was on one episode. She died in that one really weird, awkward way. Yeah, and nobody knows her name. But yeah. she was good, though. She was. She did. Yeah. She was play, convincing. She played a convincing role. And I, the focus of this article for me was more or less the fact that, again, we already know that Misha will be getting a, a Castile-centric episode. Yeah. So, so and so, now that we're having a character who's gonna bring, uh, I guess, what kind of from his past, correct? This character that she's in a party. Because right, so where else it, would we have seen this character? So it goes into detail here in the article. It says, according to IBT, Alicia Witt joins Supernatural cast as Lily Sunder. Uh, Witt, who played the ill-fated Paula in The Walking Dead, also revealed that her character will have special relationship with Castiel. Ooh. Although she later clarified she didn't spe- specify exactly what kind of relationship. However, t- <laughs> however, T-Line claims they confirmed Witt's Supernatural character would be more uh, foe than friend to Castiel. So, I would think it has to be some kind of angel i would think just be an angel because he's he's not even back on earth till season four and we've he's got a pretty documented life in supernatural where he's been and what he's doing the only time times that i can think of where there's a gap is the season six angel civil war where he's kind of off and gone for a lot of that season yeah 
It, it can't be one of or those. Or his time during his, like, I guess, fugue state in season seven. Yeah. If it's one of those, hey, you know, we fought alongside in Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, if it's one of those and they don't ever delve into that, I'd be a little annoyed. I'm like, all right, we've already saw that. We understand you have a, a million, you know, a millennia. A million years of history. I would actually like to see that tied into maybe a back like a, a true flashback not flashback the carver flashbacks no that are pointless but i'm talking about the real the flashback <laughs> where you go back to that time period an episode in that time period would be epic yes that'd be cool like that some ben her cool. shit and then tie it into a, into the contemporary story exactly line. Here's, here's the thing though if you're gonna do a flashback like that like don't skimp on the flashback like if you're gonna go back in a certain time period please for the love of god go full on go full on don't you know don't and the thing is, too, G- give it to us hard. It, yeah, give it to me real hard. <laughs> hard um, and slow, though. Not hard and fast. No, no, hard and fast. No, it's hard and slow. Well, why? Because we want the last. No, dude, we got to go fast and be done real quick. I don't want this flash up back to be done. Well, here's the thing. There's if, a whole new batch have, of fan fiction that was just written because of this. You have to remember that if they do a flashback. It's very meta. It's very meta <laughs> fan fiction. It's in the writing room fan fiction. It's, uh, what, would, what would Mike and... and, and that would be... Uh, Andrew Dab strokes Ryan his pencil as he, as he writes about Castiel. <laughs> but you have to remember, if they do a flashback like that, Castiel's not going to have his vessel now. So how are you going to... Literally don't, anyone else can be him. We don't I know, need... But I'm yeah, we don't need to see... Misha per se, as long as he plays, of course, Misha. Misha plays him in the the contemporary storyline right. version. But if we saw a flashback to another time where it's another yeah. character at that for bits like through like maybe a uh, you just yeah. like Hannah. There's a couple different vessels. Yeah. That's all we need. I think it'll I'm work. Just saying you get yeah. uh, of course we're there, we're please. asking a lot, but still yeah. that's what so, we do on this network. We ask a lot. A of, lot. The yeah. question is. If it's not an angel, what could it possibly? Who could she possibly be? A human that scorned or a demon? Or a demon. A demon, possibly, but I don't see how a demon would be much of a threat to an angel because he's not full powered. But he, he's probably it's, arguably closest to he's been since season eight. I think the obvious choice is an angel. However, it'd be it would be cool if it's like a like some type of uh, monster, or like something. pagan god or something. That like, would be. Cool. I mean, look at G- Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel hung out and, sh- and chilled with pagan gods. They knew him as Loki. Yeah. So, so why can't another? Angel why not? You know. Yeah. That would be, be cool, cool because then they'd have their own unique powers. It wouldn't be the same angel story. We were in the trenches together. You know, yeah, I angel, don't fucking care about the trenches. Yeah. Where? You know. Exactly. Yeah. How many trenches were there? <laughs> a lot. But a pagan god or, or like the Greek gods, because that's still one of my like favorite bits in Supernatural that they started with, but then they right. never, they, they kind of just wrapped up in a single episode was the Greek gods of like Prometheus and Zeus. The, oh, it was such. Um, my friend was called that episode. Thor's hammer, I, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, the one that where was Lucifer a, kills everybody, right? No, 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 no. Not that one. That's where Odin and and uh, what's it? What's it called? I don't know. A bunch of the other ones, yeah. were killed. There's a separate <laughs> one in season like nine or ten where Zeus and uh, Artemis and Prometheus are the characters. Trust me. Go go Google it real quick if you need to. But Zeus is the main bad guy in that episode. But it's a one-off episode. Yeah. But if they did other gods like that, that would be pretty cool. I'm going to guess she's an angel. I, I, I hope it's not because we've already kind of done that a couple times with Balthazar, Uriel, and Gadriel. I see. Listen, you remember, Dab's all about what? Going back to seasons one and two as inspiration? It seems we, to we didn't get a lot of angel action in seasons no. one or two. I see her being something entirely different. I hope so. Yeah. Just because we've, I feel like we've done... The other stuff before. She's a love interest for Castiel. <laughs> a woman scorned. Yep. Or a pagan god scorned. 
They yeah. could scissor. <laughs> well, because well, he's junkless. Right. Well, yeah, his, his vessel's, vessel's not. Vessel it would dick, work, though. His vessel has a penis. But it's lime. <laughs> it's, 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 he's <laughs> impotent. It's, it's, it's canon. It's canon. It's canon. It's canon. It's a oh. thing. What fucking canon are you oh reading? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. All right. With that, guys, one last thing before we move on to break the fan fiction contest. We have a slight update. You can submit your uh, you submit us your story by the end of this year. The final day is, I guess, the December 31st because the cutoff is January 1st. And then we're going to go into actually reading these things and moving forward with the content picking some winners because i remember we still have prizes set yeah aside. and i'll post the link on our facebook later today after the show so there you go and with that guys we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get into a very long discussion about the foundry in just a minute The new Apple update. It's an update, right? Yeah. Hey, they're just silly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, when I think updates, I think, hey, this let's have a, now. a stronger platform, a better system. I just spitball. Better performance. Better performance. Give me some more. Give me some more ideas that you think would come with an update. Batteries consumption is reduced. Okay. You know, resolution maybe on the screen. I don't Three. need to update that. Better content, video uh, quality content. Yes. Actual bokeh effects. I, I, he's such a douche. God damn it. He's such an... In uh, English. He's an autistic douche. Did you... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name things that nobody knows. A it was spectrometer a, it was a, of the atmospheric pressure. It was a linchpin for the for the, he for, could be for the promo for the, the iPhone shit. 7. They're turning into a stupid version of uh, Facebook. Meal. I don't need a giant emoji from my mother when I'm asking her if she's coming to town this weekend. Big fucking smiley face. I don't face. need it! <laughs> what teenager is running the Apple board meetings? Tim Cook is not a genius. You know what he's using? He's using his high school daughter to come up with an idea. He's like, hey, honey, come, let's have lunch tonight. You want to come to work? It's bring your daughter to work day. Give me some ideas. What do you guys want? It probably is. Well, we like emojis. He's chewing gum. That's chewing gum. Good idea. Tim Tim Cook needs to. Can can we, like, get the death dealer and, like, like, so let's, 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 uh, you know what? Let's do a change.org to kill Tim Cook and Frankenstein back to life. Steve Jobs. Let's dig them up, sew them together, get some backing and you that. know his brain's alive still. You know they froze that. Yeah. And like we'll just put them in a little machine, and 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 uh, it'll get him to start working on Apple products again. Just like Walt Disney, they they froze them, and they're waiting for the. Imagine a hundred years. Oh boy. Ouch. A lot of people don't know that we have we have Walt Disney in carbonite. Huh? <laughs> that was the ultimate deal we made with George Lucas. And there's Han Solo. We, we got the copyright details on how to make carbonite. That, they're going to Darth Vader him. We can rebuild him. Yes, that's great. <laughs> Sometimes I go and play with uh, his frozen balls. Oh. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. 
Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Son of a bitch! Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Yes, but that's that's been my only gripe with that is that's a Carver setup versus oh, so Kripke's original. But and it I'm is curious. canon but it's now. Canon. I guess it is canon now, so maybe he he doesn't. Hey, he look, just needs if a I yes. have to swallow that Chuck's God, you have to swallow the fact that they don't have to have totally different. Consent. I just totally, totally different. fucking different. <laughs> oh my it's lord! It's canon now. That was so reaching. No, it's canon. Same that's thing. reaching as it's fuck. still canon. The word that, canon. But then comes why didn't he just say like, show up as a dream? Like, hey man, do you want this hot dog? Also, I'm Lucifer. He doesn't have to say that. Yeah, I take the hot Wait, what was that second part? I fuck you, Chuck. Hey, man. Yeah. Look, I can't. I can't help the word "canon" is in both of them, and it, it works for both. Sorry. So he just needs a yes. I'll I'll take that for right now. Okay. Good. But I did like the whole. I win. Fucking no, you don't. You were saying he's a fucking How demon. Do you win. You I were win. saying he's a demon from hell and he's a fallen angel. Therefore, I don't need consent all the way. Rape. I That's win. what you fucking yeah. said. Well, dude. Okay. First of all, are no, we don't argue, try and argue. Are we gonna argue? Are that. we gonna argue that demons have any like care about raping someone? No, but what I'm saying is Lucifer okay, was never a demon. He, Lucifer is not a demon. Ryan. He still has fucking wings. We saw them. It, okay. Uh, 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 fuck you, Thomas. First of all, okay. Okay. You fuck you, Thomas. Okay. You, uh, you can isolate that. Fuck you, Thomas. You betcha. I right, fuck it up. Yeah. I just I can't even get a fucking loud. point out. Fuck it. I just want to be loved. Fucking assholes won't let me get a point in. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Fuck you guys. This is Come my anger moment, not yours. No, I decided to get angry now. So fuck both of you. I'm not what? a demon. I'm still trying to figure out what he. No, I was about. actually going to explain myself, and then you started fucking playing drops every thirty seconds. Fuck you. It was like three wow. drops. It is the same drop we always play during the show. <laughs> Jesus, Lucifer is a touchy subject with everybody. Did you say yes earlier? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why. No, I'm saying say. no now. How about that? What is your reasoning? For why? Well, now you want to know? Yes. Oh, weird how that works. Because so, you're attacking everybody it's now. It's so okay. weird. We bust balls all the time on the show, and then he but flips his out for no reason. Now. I don't get it. No, Normally, it's, it's mine. It's, no, it's I not, mean, it's I could have swore, I, I swore four shows ago, uh, Alpha and Omega, I played the bit last week, that you couldn't get a word in at all, Thomas, because he said Lucifer's yeah. dead every three seconds. Yeah. Oh, he got words in. He got words in. <laughs> this is my show. About. I can eventually turn your mic off. Jesus. No, you don't have the control. Mike does. You're looking at it as rules that, that someone like you're looking at rules that are like Lucifer. Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> this whole topic is loser. Lu- yes. Lucifer is the. Why are we fighting over fucking fake shit? <laughs> That's the entire. Oh fandom. my god! I'm gonna freaking leave. <laughs> This is so stupid. So and essentially, this was exactly what happens in the entire fandom, right there. Yeah, we just had, we are the we just had a social a, media meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> we just personified a forum board. I feel like this music should have been playing like during that argument. Oh yeah, I really do. Because yeah, that was I got heated. I it, mean, it got heated. It did. But you know, water under the bridge now, right? No, I still hate you. We got exactly. We got other stuff to complain about, probably or yeah. bitch at well, each no, other. No, 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 no. Well, hold on, hold on. You mean blood under the you bridge? You have blood under the bridge. You have things to complain about. About Thomas. you? Yes, all the time. Well, yeah. Well, duh, but <laughs> so, who's the one that has uh, might have a new show coming out? Probably you. Hate train. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so guys, we're going to talk about the Foundry 
Ryan, you got the synopsis here yeah. for us? Um, Mary, Sam, and Dean investigate a case where they found the sound of a crying baby led to the mysterious death of a couple. Meanwhile, Cassiel teams up with Crowley in the hunt for Lucifer. This one was directed by the Bobs. And this was a kind of return to form team up for Supernatural. I know this season has a lot of new writers and, you know, Andrew Dabb is new at the helm. Not entirely new, but I mean, it's his first season where he's the one captaining the ship. Dabb's been around since season four, I believe. And the rest of the writing room, I want to say he's 95% now. It's like he's 95%. Yeah. yeah, it is. So this one, I think a lot of fans could see a lot of things that we've liked throughout the show for years now. And I think this is something we talked about a long time ago that Kripke had the idea for the show, right? But it was Robert Singer who told him you have to add these more emotional character moments throughout it. And he's always praised Singer for for that insight. And I feel like this episode definitely has that Robert Singer touch to it. Not just the script, but like the way some of the stuff is filmed and shot. Yeah. It it has that emotional weight throughout this episode. I agree. It's a, a lot of attention to detail and, uh, when it comes to the acting, when it comes to directing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the end. I thought there's a couple key things at the end, which I will talk about. But yeah, we, we always blow the writing staff a lot, but we then, do. which, you know, rightfully so, but. Sometimes we don't give the directors their due, and then you have a director like Robert Singer come on the screen, uh, on the scene, and you're like, damn, you can see, not that we have problems with other directors for the show, but you see somebody who's a veteran TV director who's been on board this show since day one, and mm-hmm. he comes on, and the show just flows better than you even thought could happen. Right. Dude, we blow so many people on this show, I have a <laughs> constant sore throat. Aww. Like, come on, dude. Like, everyone... <laughs> We're you're bl- not wrong, though. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're like, it's true. Epiclitis is raw. Yeah, like, dude, I'm going to need to get my fucking tonsils out. Lozenges sales shots have in the back of my throat. Oh. Lozenge but, but, sales have spiked in, uh, in your six-mile radius of your house. All the Walgreens are doing really well. Yeah, the wa- yeah lozenges, dude. I have to fucking <laughs> keep lozenges in my fucking pocket. No, but we do usually blow the writing. But like you said, the directing on this one was on point, And it's very rare that it's not. But but you know, switching gears to the writing as well, Robert Barron's did a great job with the parallel stories, which is something he's done for a, a, most of his episodes. Yeah. You know, which is something that I'm a big fan of, not just for TV and movies, but for books even, because for me, it, it keeps me engaged with the two stories simultaneously. And right when something gets really good, you shift. So it's never... It never lets up. Barron's has a very cinematic quality to his writing. Yes. Um, traditionally, in TV shows, we don't get those those parallel stories. No, those it's, parallel it's rare. narratives running side by side. Um, as we, but with Barron's, I think we started noticing. I want to say in season the first part of season ten. I want to believe is when we started noticing how fucking good Barron's is with those with that cinematic cinematic quality of writing. Yeah, and he's just perfected it as he's uh, growing as a writer. Well, just it, it's a testament to him learning the show. He keeps going; it gets better and better and better and better as he goes. And yeah. I think that's essentially if you're going to do a show, you have to one up yourself almost every episode. I feel like, especially it, nowadays with social media bitching right. at you if you don't yeah. deliver a home run, dude. Like, oh so, yeah, the pressure's on even more yeah. than it used to be. I mean, you got Thomas on his own show saying shit about you. Like, you really have to be on point these days. Yeah. Yeah, because my, you know, little curmudgeon ass is the one that shifts everything. (laughs) 
No, but it, he has evolved as a writer over the years, and I think yeah. you know the the last couple seasons, season eleven and this one, have been where it really shines. And he really, and as we said last week, I think we touched on it briefly. I mean, he sadly, unfortunately, he became a a target for a lot of hate on social media last year, yeah, because of a single episode, and it kind of. He so kind of he kind of uh, disappeared for a bit on social media, um, and he kind of he quit communicating for a bit. Yeah. Um. So obviously it bothered him, and as it should. And since then it was kind of hard. Again, this is for the social media dwellers like ourselves. Um. He kind of struggled last year with a lot of people, and the come out come out the box swinging this year with his first episode, which I it has to be called an uh, a home run episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm glad. I'm glad for him. I just love that you know when people attack someone on social media and then they for something and then they come out and basically give them the big, you know, middle finger in an episode, it really does. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a classier way. He didn't devolve into any attacks. He didn't right, def- absolutely defend not. or yeah. bitch through Which social I media. I would have done. Oh yeah. We, know. I think 90% of us would have. I'm like, all you motherfuckers are going to pay. What did- <laughs> oh, take it easy. Jay and silent Bob. <laughs> and what did he do? You are the ones that lick balls. <laughs> He instead went back to the writing room for his next assignment and did it better. Yeah. And did it better and did it better. Yeah. So kudos to him because I know that restraint is not easy these days. No. With so many people attacking you for such arbitrary reasons. Yeah. So. I normally just respond and then block them after I respond. (laughs) Fuck you, block. Yep. I win that one. Yeah. (laughs) Much like we saw last week. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He says he won, then he continues. And he turns off the mic and walks out. Yeah. Hey, dude. Can't win it. (laughs) Can't win if you don't play. Yeah. So this one, getting right into the episode, this one had a lot of different moving parts, and both from a storytelling aspect and from a character aspect. We start with Mary and her relationship to not just Sam and Dean, but the world as a whole. Reading the journal, right? We've right. got, we've got Castiel being the one, an angel from another technically dimension is the person she most closely identifies with at this time, and that should tell us how out of place. She feels her own kids are strangers to her, you know, for, for her last night, she was getting ready for bed and saying goodnight and to John on the ceiling. And then next thing she knows, 30 years have passed and she remembers all this other stuff. And well, Castiel's the one who's like, I, even I've never felt like I belong since I've returned here. And he tries to give her those, you know, comforting words that you, this is where you belong. But, you know, like anybody's advice, you can only ever take it and and do the best with it you still have your own opinions about the issue well i'm glad you know i said it when she came back i'm glad that they still are showing the fact that technology is really bumming her out you know like yeah i'm I'm glad that they're doing that because you know essentially her way of hunting is obsolete you know and and, and even in that scene where she's standing there and, and sam and dean are both on the laptops and like hey we've already pretty much done everything like the whole point about hunting back in the day there was the footwork was the was going out and knocking on doors and 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 it almost becoming a mystery you know like a a, a, murder, a murder mystery a murder well, mystery yeah like a crime even for seasons one and two it was it like was that because season one came out in two thousand five right YouTube launched in two thousand five Jesus I'm the old. internet is really matured in the last ten years but that's still only been well, it's ten matured, years and then the darkest portions of it have devolved right into no but not accessible. getting into the internet's whole problems Yikes. but it's it's only been 10 years old 
So even Sam and Dean were kind of raised or used to the footwork, right. and they've evolved with the times. Yeah, right. it's, Her, it's overnight. It's definitely, I mean, the whole term culture shock definitely rings true here. Um, I mean, people get the term culture shock has to do a lot with the fact that let's say you grew up in the United States and then all of a sudden you got a job that shipped you over to Japan and you're and you're like a fish out of water. You don't understand their customs. You can't co connect with anybody. Their jokes are different. Mannerisms yeah. are different. B body language is different. And you find yourself kind of falling into the slum of depression and despair because you feel disconnected. From the, uh, yeah, you, you feel disconnected from the world. That's that's the true definition of culture shock. And I, that's kind of where you find find mary in this episode yeah. it's the ultimate version of culture shock she's been missing for 30 plus years and boom everything has changed around her who wouldn't feel what she's th feeling especially yeah. especially essentially she lost her husband she lost her husband overnight. and her kids lost yeah. her husband and kids overnight you know and and that really plays into this whole concept of this episode i know one thing dude if i went to japan i'd be in heaven <laughs> dude sushi yeah. No. Women? Yeah. Are vending go. machines that sell panties? <laughs> Dude, I was literally getting ready to say yeah, that. Yeah, I know you. The women over there wouldn't like you. They would feed you, they'd feed you radiation water that they have over wow! there. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's rude. Attempted murder. We like our men with three arms here. We like our men with a dick that's as big as yours because everyone else here doesn't have a big one. Oh. Oh, wah, wah. See how we turn that around on you? <laughs> yeah, that's how, I, that's how I roll. No, but, but it's it's true. She is... It is culture shock. She is an alien. She's jumped through time as well. You know, yeah, pretty much. Who can relate to that? But I, I, I like that they show more and more of her character and they're really doing a good job establishing who Mary Winchester is. You know, she comes downstairs first, when she cuts her hair. I, you know, I like the visual cue that things have changed from the woman yeah. we know from all these years to who she really is. But she comes downstairs and she's eating bacon and just. Her and Dean are so similar. I really liked that aspect of it. You know, the it, bacon's bacon. Let's just go for a hunt. Because Dean has always been the one who's like, I'm fine. We're going to go hunt and we're not yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah, and Sam's the one aside. who's like dealing with the issues. Maybe not the best way, but he's dealing with the issues. And I find more and more that we're seeing more and more of how Dean is like his mom and Sam is like his dad. Which I think makes, if you, in retrospect, the tragedy of Sam and John's relationship and the parallel to Lucifer and God and that father-son ordeal all the more powerful. Because Dean really is his mom, and that's why he's always cared about her, and that was the one thing he wanted for so long was her coming back. Because they are so similar, cranking up the music, the same flavor of, of jerky, you know, we're just going to hunt and we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, D or uh, Sam is the one who's copes by you know making horrific decisions, <laughs> like banging a demon right. or you know like that's, yeah, but is that's that a, not a horrific is that a decision. Bad decision on paper. I, on, on paper, it's a uh, bad decision. In reality, uh, he, we yeah. all three in this room would have already done it. Listen, I when Kripke was writing it on paper, it was not a bad decision. <laughs> no, he was man. like hell. His 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 notes were like hell yeah. On the side, on the He's side like, column, like in, the, in the margins. And, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, he, like what, dude? Ryan's face. I, I wish you could see it, Thomas. I know. When he got really serious, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> no, he got <laughs> really pervert mode, and yeah. he was serious. You know, how, like, like yeah. you, you know, like when you see a hot chick and, and it catches you off guard, and you get a real serious face. All of a yeah. sudden, that's what he got. That he yeah. just had that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. 
Sick. Whatever. Don't hey, whatever. Don't hate. No, but I I liked awesome. <laughs> I liked that concept, and I and this is kind of going. This is me taking it way too far. But do you remember how John was? We find out from Joe and Ellen that he had like used his or their dad, and he got him killed because he was kind of used as bait and all that stuff. And and yeah. John, while trying to do the right thing, would make these bad, risky decisions. I find it interesting that Solus Sam, yes, he is Solus, but it was him using other people as bait to catch the monster to make, quote, the right move. And I also found that interesting that Solus Sam had the same reactionary tendencies to some stuff that John Winchester did after he lost Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Which shows there. you how integral to him as a human she was. And I just, I like how all those pieces fit so well together. Yeah. It works. But again, this isn't something that was in the episode. This is me just remembering all this shit for the last 12 years and putting it together myself. But I, it works. I like how well thought out she has been so far. Yeah. Briefly, Thomas, I want to, I want to kind of get your opinion on this. because It just came to me. Um, do you think because we're kind of exploring the mother a lot? Mm-hmm. And in, in just in, a, in this episode alone, it's said so much about who she is as a person. Yeah. Um, do you think because of that, I don't want to say it's a throwaway comment or a throwaway gesture that uh, Robert Singer had that obviously he directed him on doing Jensen, um, when she mentions the dad, uh, how he was a good father. Yeah. And he makes his face. Yeah. Now, are we going to get the John that we knew from seasons one through five? Or are we going to get the, 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 the Carver, the Carver era where there was a lot of innuendos and clues of him not being a good father. Well, like he was on. almost like a shitty person. Here's what you have to remember when she says that. You have to remember that 30 years have passed. And yesterday she was pinned on the ceiling on fire. He didn't even okay. know what monsters were. Yeah. At that point, he was a good father I under, to I under, Sam and Dean. So that's what she's. I understand that. But I'm saying because I'm not, I'm not focusing on what she said per se. I'm focusing on, one, on Dean's reaction. I think they are going to. Or I think they should explore what, who she knows of John Winchester versus what, and what the Sam know. and Dean know. Which is a completely different person than what she did. It knew. absolutely is a different person because of how much her death affected him. But, and I think she feels guilt for that, too, because she made the deal with Yellow Eyes and it's all her fault. Yeah, you know? her, her whole goal was to get out of hunting, which is a general theme with, you know... Hunting as a whole. Yeah, she wanted to get out of hunting and uh, inevitably she ended She's up getting the right entire back. family involved. Yep. Exactly. She was trying to escape. She ends up killing herself, destroying her husband, you know, and essentially driving him to death, ruining her children's life. You know, how do you deal with that and well that's, and i'm sure and that's, I, I i do think you know there because this episode spoiler alert i mean if you're listening to this you kind of know how this works the end of the episode where she's saying how she misses john and she misses her kids and then she leaves and dean is is distraught because she leaves but eventually she's going to come back into their lives throughout the season i think you have to kind of have some of this reconnecting you know he had his dad do all this shit to him and now his mom left after she came back, how could you do that? You know, she's there's going to be some kind of connection of where he learns a little bit more about the John Winchester he was before all of it. The man he could have been had all this shit not happened. And I think Dean will kind of have some not because he always had respect for his dad, but like more of the dutiful son respect. Right. I have to rather do this. Yeah. than the understanding where he came from. 
I mean, when you find out that Adam was their brother, they both were like, Ugh, that's unacceptable. That. How could how could he have done this? Well, because he's a human and you never knew him as a human. You knew him as the hunter militant drill sergeant. So I think it'd be a waste for them not to delve into that. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I agree. No. And that was the thing is that. She her, the, the amount of guilt she feels is just permeated throughout this episode they never directly say it but between going back and and helping the kid out talking to the woman on the phone about her son because she lost her kid and mary feels like she lost her two children just right. recently just overnight overnight yeah. you know you see a lot of her in the in a way that we were kind of expecting to see in the first two episodes and i, I think it kind of has paid off because with the first two episodes are like, holy shit, we're back, but we have a problem. Let's deal with it. And now that the dust has settled, you kind of see it all kind of click. Yeah. The first two episodes, she was an obvious shock. I, I think she was trying to get adjusted to what the hell was going on. And now that things are starting to slow down a bit. I mean, obviously, we saw her up all night and uh, talking to Castiel because he doesn't sleep. So we know that things have been weighing down on her. And I, and I agree with you. I know at the beginning, we because we're impatient sometimes, we were like, oh, that's not enough. We need to see more about how she's dealing with this, what's going on in her mind. And, then we get it. and I think ultimately this kind of makes sense to just people in general. Like it takes time for things to truly resonate and to understand what's going on. Especially around a shock of that magnitude. And you're, that's the perfect word, the, sh- the shock of that magnitude, because I try to put myself when I was watching the show. I mean, I like to torture myself and I put myself in, in that. <laughs> position like imagine you know i go to sleep one day or whatever and i and all of a sudden i the next day my kid is 40 some years old or 37 years old and my significant other has been dead for you know eight years or whatnot and now i have to like okay well i'm a part of me is happy like my kids are alive but i missed everything yeah and and essentially they died the ones you know did yes i mean that would be hard to get over and even in a couple weeks you yeah. mean that's some yeah, that, that's, that's, that's just like parents hold on to the death of their children for a lifetime. Yeah. In essence, this is something she's going to hold on to forever. The death of her husband yeah. and the death, death of her boys, her, her baby, Sam. And the sad fact is, no matter what, so long as she is alive, that will never go away. No, nope, she's always going to have that burden. And yeah. I think that directly feeds into Dean's kind of want to ignore the whole thing. You know, he's is. Can't we just have one nice thing? Frankly, no. That's not the show. Yeah. You fucking it's not go the to way, other shows. It's not nothing nice ever happened. It's not the Winchester way. Come on. Yeah. But him not wanting to talk about it directly like Mary doesn't necessarily want to in the beginning. And Sam being like, yeah, 10 years of, you know, dealing with your bullshit, Dean, is how I know yeah. <laughs> this is what's wrong with her. But he doesn't want to touch. It, it, it's like she's so fragile. He doesn't want to even go near her yeah of in a fear that she'll fall apart but he's doing the dean thing he's doing the dean where he thing. wants to take care and shelter he did it to sam for years yeah years dude yeah and, and but that's he, why he and, thinks she's fine yeah. you know but it's the sad fact is you can't just have something i don't even think work. he i don't even think she thinks he's fine i think it's what you said the the first thing you said was he like dean likes to stick his head in the ground yeah, absolutely. And, and he like he said at the, uh, you know, outside, like, look, you know what? I don't, can't we just have one nice thing? I mean, that's, he, he, I think he was choosing to ignore it. Absolutely. He was. And you know what? Is when a Sam part called... of him deserves it. And in my opinion, yeah. like, look, this is what he's been wanting his whole life. That kid having, like, he already had that moment that he's been probably dreaming about having a family yeah. dinner uh, around the table. He's, he's trying to 
enjoy and grab a portion of his childhood that he never had that he missed because Mm -hmm. he had a very small part of it at one at one point so this is a guy a man who's who's has obviously a lot of internal emotional issues and emotional scars and this is him trying to hold on to that one little thing that he remembered was a good memory having his mother around and that's the 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 saddest part about it is because not just I mean, because you see it, he the whole dinner bit, he's like, this is what it should be, this is what I want. And we know all the way back to season two, with one of my favorite episodes, I constantly reference, it seems, with Mary involved again, what is and what never should be. Saying to dad, why do we always have to save people? Why can't we just have this nice? I mean, you see it when Sam calls him out on it, when they're at the graveyard. That that looks like can't we just have one nice thing? And Sam's like, well, it's she's not fine. And he has this like she's not a this thing. look of resignation, like I fucking know, all right. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you know that he's, he's he not, absolutely he's, yeah. knows. He's not dumb. No, he's just in a lot of ways. He's just I know he has that tough guy exterior because he's he has the older brother syndrome, but yeah. he's just as I, I know they they kind of always say Sam's the emotional one. They're both extremely emotional. Dean's super emotional. Dean he just, just does it stoic. in a different way, and it's like he drinks and, and very, cries when people don't see. No, him. I'm I'm very. I'm going to relate Dean to myself because of course you are. He's cool. Well, no, not that. Ah. Like the way he's emotional is that he uses things to um, keep him busy and not thinking about things that building the car in season two. He's building the car after uh, going Dad out dies. and hunting. He does things, and that's how I am. Like. If I'm feeling shitty, I have like 40 hobbies that I do that keep my mind off of the shitty shit that is going on in my life. So I very much relate to Dean in that in that aspect where he's standing there in the graveyard talking to Sam and he goes, you know, you know, I can't we just have one good thing. And and you look he's looking at his mom as a thing. And that's why Sam says, well, she's not a thing. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's how I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I put my blinders on and I just do my do my thing. And hopefully that that shitty thing goes away yeah. and it's not going to see it's it, a bad way to handle things sometimes it it can keep you sane but it can, it can wreck hurt things you. too it can hurt you big you time. know and i think that fits into sam's character because he's the one who deals with it let's talk about let's it let's it confront with. this right and be done with it it's gonna suck and you know but at least you'll get past it right and then we're know? done with it it's two different types of, of coping but like yep. you said Mike, he is just as emotional. I remember the season two clown one, the second episode, right after dad dies, he beats the ever living shit out of the car after trying to put it together so long. Only when Sam's gone, when no one can see is when he he does does that. When he's alone. Yeah. Yeah. But he's always been that same emotional character. Absolutely. I will say, though, the lighthearted moment, favorite lighthearted moment. Cass healed your s'mores foot. Oh man, that was good. <laughs> I was I was surprised they could come up with a funny way to reference that like horrific injury, oh. s'mores foot. Although it did kind of ruin s'mores for about a half hour. Yeah, it didn't ruin s'mores. Yeah, I <laughs> fucking love s'mores. But yeah, that was a that was a fantastic joke. Which, that and Agent Beyonce and Jay Z. Dude, okay, that was my I favorite part. That my was shit. your favorite. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm like Beyonce, really, and then you hear Crowley's voice. That must make me, you know, such Agent. an entrance, dude. His lines are just. Fucking so gold. Good, I don't want to get into and Crowley it, and, just yeah. yet, but fucking gold oh. every time he's on screen. <laughs> so good, dude. Yeah. So Mary's dealing with this. The brothers are dealing with this. They decide to go on the family hunt. We have the the creepy crying doll, and I actually really liked that intro bit 
with the the music and the camera yeah, getting closer and it getting louder as it like was that half <sighs> baby cry, half scream noise. Kids can go. Fuck that was creepy. It reminded me. It reminded worked. me of an episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah, that was the vibe I got. Uh, uh, talking Tina. Yeah. Oh my I god. Remember. Jesus. Wow. I fucking remember, dude. Dude, that gives me the creeps. Terrifying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. That was before Chucky. Oh yeah. And far more fucked up. Chucky's too silly to be Chucky's too of. silly, too in your face. Fuck you talking, guys. I think Chucky's fucking Watch awful. Talking Tina and tell me if you sleep that night. I don't, don't know. Yeah. Even the name, Talking Tina. Fuck that, that is, oh, you dude, know stop. what though? No, like, stop. Hold on. Like the name, <laughs> That's either a scary doll or a, on, a phone here. sex operator. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> no, or it's fucking Tina from fucking uh, Bob's Burgers, which that's what I'm imagining right now. Yeah, no. That episode was fucking terrifying. Oh, yikes, but, dude. Yeah, that creepy doll in the beginning that worked that got me i will say it was a great way to start i mean the crying that the echo oh, the echo through the, the house yeah yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah that was and that thing is like they're better people than me they were hipstery and, and a little douchey but they were better people than me because well, yeah, all hipster like there's a baby crying we should call okay, 911 and go inside the house <laughs> and i'd be like that sucks for that kid. <laughs> I keep walking down the street. Yeah, I yeah, would not. That's, a, that's what Maggie and I were talking about yeah, when I, we're watching. I'm like, okay, hold on for a second here, Maggie. I'm like, would you? If you're crying, no. like, would you go in? She's all, no, I'd call 911 and wait outside to make sure the baby's okay, but I would not walk into that house. I'm like, neither would I. Yeah. There's no fucking way. <laughs> no awful, way man. am I going in there. No way. No dude, fucking way I'm going in that. You, you could say, like, someone could be in the window and I could see them and be like, help, help, please. I need, and I'd be like, nope. I'm dying. Have you seen the fucking house you live in? Yeah. Dude, there's no way I'm going in there. Like, not a chance. Yeah. So, but that, that was a good opener. I liked that. I loved it. Oh, so creepy, dude. And I liked when they went to the the corner, and I like how we see a bit of Mary's old school mentality. She's immediately c- controls the situation and explains it like, yeah, they're rookies. They're with me. First case. And she's so done all of that before. Yeah. It just worked so well. But I, I did like the burned frostbit handprint. handprint. Yeah, that was cool. You know, that looked pretty cool. I, I like that idea that it left it remind, behind. It reminded me a lot of when Castiel say, like, the burn mark on, on Dean. Dean. Yep. When he, yeah, when he wrote him out of perdition. Yeah. When, <laughs> when he wrote him out. He yeah. wrote him out. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to ride someone out of perdition. Yeah. yeah, I did like that that little scar, though. And yeah, I liked it cool. how it Mary gets it herself. Although I will say that was the one thing where I was like, Come on, you're better than that. We've just seen you like know how to handle the FBI. We know yeah. how to handle the and you go into the room alone. Lights are flickering. Oh, better I keep walking in here. Keep going <laughs> she in, she yeah. was a little rusty. Come a on. little rusty. I'll yeah. give her that. You know, but the kid was creepy. I liked that. The, it felt very much like the old episodes with the ghosts. You know, you know, we got the iron crowbar. Yep. You know, the door won't fun. open. I, it was fun. I liked it. Uh the story as a whole with that was incredibly depressing though and i think that is something that recent supernatural ghost episodes in previous seasons yeah had kind of been missing because some of the original seasons are either fucked up stories about how the ghost got there or just right. really sad really really you know? sad. yeah it was a morbid yeah it was a morbid backstory to the ghost very yeah. morbid yeah but hey you know what that's what fueled mary's you know, I guess endeavor her resolve that much more though, and I, I liked that. You know, and it, it reminded me of she the, was possessed by a grieving parent. Yeah, how fitting. 
Right? God, it was so good. That's, well, those little things are so good. That's what makes this episode so good. Yeah. Little things like that. Pos- so much thought being put into just small little elements like that. Well, she was possessed by a, a grieving parrot that essentially then turned into a fucked up yeah. individual yeah. because of the grief. Yep. So and that's I, the that's the interesting part. Yeah. I think it's important to have it be a grieving parent, and she is close to that too, because we've kind of delved into the fact that you know, we go originally we kind of go into like these are ghosts and they're they're assholes and they just need to die and go away. You know, but since Bobby's death, you you forget that they were people. They had their own past, they had their own people they loved, their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And it was kind of this Mary seeing what could become of her in some way if yeah. she lets this despair take her down. Well, we already know what that does. Like when you don't deal with your emotions and you bottle them up, what happens? You become a very, uh, very different person, very, very imbalanced individual full of anger and yeah. you make bad decisions. We've yeah. seen it happen in the show. That's what all, what all of season 10 was. Yeah. You know, but I, I did like that because it wasn't it didn't feel contrived. But it explained everything no, it was in a, a way it, that fit the, both the myth arc and the episode story as a whole. Yeah, it and was, I like it was that. a smooth merging, and it did not feel contrived or forced. Yeah, because sometimes you know, unfortunately, we have gotten episodes where they really try to put that mirror up, like, "Oh, look at this is you guys," and it's very yeah in your face, obvious. We and, get it. This is Sam and Dean, and if you don't change your ways, this is going to be you. We get it. But this one was you didn't really see it coming until the end. And it yeah. and and it, and it worked in a way that you know that really kind of pushed the story along, which is th- those are always the best monster of the week episodes. They are always, and not just that little moment that I think all of us supernatural elite fans, the hardcore fans, love those little last five minute discussions between Sam no. and Dean. But sometimes you need more than that to kind of propel the emotional side of the story. Well, Hart's a great example. It was the the werewolf the one where you woman. cried yeah like, like a bitch like, like a possessed baby like a bitch not like a possessed baby well, we'll and, that one. you know because it was him having to kill someone he cared about the same way that you know that dean might have to do that to sam at this time and and the are you really a monster no matter despite your best efforts yeah you know that whole shtick to that episode it was just a werewolf monster but at the same time it was so much more and i think this episode really captivated that same season early season feel to it yeah. uh and and oh, oh dude. fuck Come you on, dude man. fuck you that was <laughs> that was good but fuck you what is that whispering it's scary is that just dude, you did you record that? that you find I just that got scared <laughs> I'm oh scared over God, here, dude. Hold oh. me, Ryan. <laughs> no way, dude. I'm out of here. You guys can die by yourselves. Oh, he would be that guy, he would. wouldn't he? I'd oh, bounce, yeah. dude. Fuck He'd that. bounce the fuck out. He's the Crowley. He just, I'm the smart one, He dude. would teleport away and not think anything God of it. damn right I would. <laughs> he would Crowley this bitch. Like, I'm out of here. Fuck this. I would bounce, dude. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm out. Yeah. That, the, but the, after the case, the ending bit was was the best part of the episode for me because... You, Mary explains all of it in a way that doesn't feel like exposition, even though it technically was. Dude, turn that shit off, dude. You're such a dickhead. God, that's awful. We're gonna we're gonna stop the show until <laughs> until the noises stop. Come on. But it doesn't feel like exposition, but it essentially was. But I think that's a testament to Baron's and Singer's abilities because it didn't, I didn't didn't notice what part. 
The, Mary explaining oh, yeah. what the monster, the ghost's reasoning was. You know what? Um, it didn't feel exposition. Like it, the word exposition gets a bad it rap. Does. And it's it's a lot of times it's met with uh, with you know has a negative connotation attached to it. But I think in this in some instances exposition works. Well, it's because the entire reason it gets a gripe is because people say show us, don't tell us. Right. But this was a great example because the end does exactly that. You have her explain why she's going to leave, which is heartbreaking in itself, you know, as it is. Yeah. But the fact that she goes to hug Dean and he immediately pulls away and doesn't even look at her. And that Sam still does the gives her a hug and, and right. is still the nice guy, you know, being Sam, even though he is heartbroken at this time. I think that be- the best part of it, though, was her walking up the stairs and was that door opens Sam's flinch. Jared Padalecki flinching because I just immediately I thought of a kid whose parents were divorced and and walking out and you're never going to see him again. Yeah. You know, they've lost dad and they just got mom back and now she's leaving. You you felt like they were those heartbroken children. As the metal door is so loud and as it screeches to open, you feel like it's like part of him is being torn away because he just said to her, just said to her, like it felt like part of her, like his life was put back together. Right. And she's like. Yeah, sorry, like, but deuces. see ya. You know, and then the other shot, excuse me, the other shot is is as it closes, you just see Dean. And I think that showed the difference in the two characters. Sam is torn up and will deal with this emotion right despite how much it sucks. But the door slams and we look at Dean and in, and he's got that stern, stoic, pissed off look where in some regards she's dead to him again. Yeah. And that's just fucking that's rough. painful, dude. That that's, is that is an emotional roller coaster we have been on as fans in the last two episodes with the last uh, two scenes. Painful as shit, dude. It's hard because you know you feel you understand where Mary's coming from, absolutely, and you understand where Dean's coming from, absolutely. As you just touched on, I mean, his mother's been dead for countless years. Obviously, I mean, think about think about how, what he's going through right now. The fact that the darkness gave him what he wanted most. Okay, yep. This is what he wanted most. He's finally got what he wanted, his family, his mother back, and she has to leave now. And and yeah, he he's smart enough to understand where she's coming from, yeah. but it doesn't make doesn't it make it, it, it doesn't make less. it any less painful. Yeah. And I thought that was a great bit of visual storytelling with their reactions to the door opening and yeah. closing. That's something where you, you put great it on decision. You, you don't need the dialogue or anything. And there was there wasn't dialogue. It's right there. But you know exactly how they feel. Yeah. You know exactly what happened and how much that sucks. It was a great directing choice. You know, and like you said, it makes sense for Mary's character because like she said, just the other day she was in her own little heaven where John was still alive and her boys She's were her, still boys. With her boys. Yeah. You know, and I like that little touch because it, it shows that we remember that heaven is these personalized little dimensions. You know, I liked that rather than yeah. just like the kind of the corporate vibe we've been getting from heaven yeah. lately. But that that was rough. But again, like it makes sense because how could you cope with that? And I, I, and I know we know she's going to come back into the story. Right. But but it, it didn't feel like and that was the thing. I realized it was only three episodes, much like Demon Dean. Right. And I feel like. It was three episodes, but so much happened yeah, but for this, this character. But this is also different. The, the show, it's different, The absolutely. show is will, and it has and always will be 
about the brothers. Yeah. yeah. And you are going to change the dynamic too much if you have Mary around. Wheel. Yeah, it's just going to change the entire dynamic of the show. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be good. I'm just saying that that's not the show. So in order to do right by the show, you have to find a smart way to take her out of it, but still have her around. And they did just that. I think they expertly weaved her right out of the story for the time yeah. being. Yeah, it, it works. They put her on the shelf. Yeah, they did a good job of it. I mean, she's she's just, she's essentially going to be another Bobby. I, that's the way I look at it, and that's how they're going to use her. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she wants to be a hunter, and I think this is her. Do, you got to see. There's so much going on. I, I think I know there's they can some go, of that in this other character of Rowena. It's a it's a hint that. She doesn't want this life anymore. She'll be there if you need yeah. it, but she doesn't yeah. want this anymore. That, I think that's the same thing with Mary. I, I think, love that you touched on that because yeah. that's exactly what it was. Rowena and yes. Mary are essentially the same right now. Yeah. They should get together and scissor. Oh, <laughs> what? I mean, like that. We, we, be... we, we just had we had 15 minutes of seriousness. And, and then Ryan Ryan's like, yeah. look, the 15 minutes is about, Vagina. My, about my max on seriousness, guys. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Okay. Or let's be honest. One of the uh, two. Yeah, whatever. That was just bad. <laughs> oh, that was the ultimate douche thing I think you've I, ever said in a long, no, no just in a long time. Though. Oh, yeah, dude, fifteen minutes. Come on, guys, yeah. you can't go fifteen minutes without me saying something. But I, I you, Thomas, I do think exactly that's kind of. Some people were confused by Rowena, and again, I feel like Rowena's character arc makes complete sense because she's like, "Fuck this," yep. there's no point anymore. Yep, you know. But it is a good parallel, I think, to tell us where Mary's head's at without telling us where she's her head's at yeah you know ryan <laughs> I, 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 listen, I honestly think that if mary was to go head first into <laughs> I, I think if mary were to good, were to yep um let's jump into no can't use that no, one either because the it. child will laugh um <laughs> anyways i think if mary were just to to like throw caution to the wind and and just go in, get into uh, hunting. I think it's going to go against her very fiber of like she never, she didn't believe this life. She didn't want this no, life. She fought to get out of it. And I think that if she says, "All right, I'm going to be a hunter and I'm going to stay here and help you guys out and do my thing," she's adding to a lifestyle that she did not want for her kids. And listen, I would do the exact same thing as a parent. I wouldn't if there was something I strongly disagreed with, and I was gone for whatever, however many years, for 20 years, and then I saw my son doing something that not not a horrible thing, but it's just not the life I wanted for him, and it's not safe. It doesn't, you know, um, mesh well with the type of life I, I saw for my child, a, a, a good life. I would not support it in that way. Would I support yeah. him? Yes. Would I support that decision? No, I'd have to find a way not to be directly involved in something that I think is putting his life in harm's way. Makes sense. So I, I think it would be almost silly and go and it would go against everything that we've seen of Mary so far since what? Season three, season four, when we first season started four. learning about Mary yeah. again, um, it would go against what we saw of her. She said, all right, I'm a hunter. Everything's great. Yeah. And I think it kind of fits into the idea of a, of being a parent. You know, you do what's best for them, even yeah. if they hate you for it. Yeah. Because you have to. And it was tough. But, you know, moving gears to the other half of this story. Crowley and Castiel's buddy cop episode, essentially. That's what we got. It, it had some of the musical cues for comedy. 
You know, they're goofing off looking in the mirror, making sure his hair is right, which he's never cared about before. Yeah. You know, the Beyonce to the Jay-Z, that was great. I liked... Fantastic. So I love good. their chemistry. It just works. And if they do get a spinoff, that should just be it. Crowley and Cass. Like and they, they are cops or something. That would be amazing. I loved his, even when he's at the doors, like, do you think this happens to Sam and Dean where the, oh, he just gets the door slammed so in his face? Now, there is... The, the whole plot for them, that where it starts, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I was watching this, it has previously on, you know, Supernatural, Lucifer says, Vince, together we can heal your sister, Wendy. I'm like, when the fuck did we say that? Wait, did they say that? They the said preview? that. So I had to watch this earlier today through the CW's website. Okay. And in it says it says previously like the the previously bit the then yeah yeah, yeah. she says it shows the scene with her holding Vince's face when mm-hmm. he's convincing him to say yes she says I wrote it down because I took it a couple of times Vince together we can heal your sister Wendy when this is this flat out a CW fail was this a line that was supposed to be in the second episode to give him some kind of more incentive to say yes besides just Hey, I don't I'm an that. angel. You miss me, and I can help your sister if you say yes. You know, or was because they flat out say you can check this right now if you want to. I'm going to, I'm but I'm like, up. this has to be a, a line that was. But you're cut. saying on this previously on so Supernatural, if you go to CW's website and watch this week's episode, they, there's a line that was that. not in the TV show correct. in the episode. It was correct, cut. and I was confused. That was the very first note I have. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Did I miss something? And it doesn't really matter because Crowley goes into the room and finds the cards about the sister, so it makes sense as to how they went down that path. And then now solves the issue that we had as to where why he just said yes. Or did he say yes, right? He, right. He said yes, but why? Just because you think your All right, here girlfriend's it is. back? Oh, no. It's a Coles commercial. Go okay, ahead. so play, oh, get, uh, let play us know that. when you get through the commercials. That. I love Coles, by the way. But that was kind of solved within this episode, so it's not a deal breaker. But I do right. want to bring attention to that and make sure I'm not insane or if I didn't miss anything in the previous episode. So essentially, they pulled a Suicide Squad. Kinda. The, tra- the trailer and other stuff had other material that we didn't know about. But we find out that there's a little bit more of a reason why Vincent decided to say yes, which is at least a bit of a noble reason. It's not just that he missed her. I think it's noble. But it's that he cared about his sister, too. Right, here we go. Okay, here we go. I've been tortured by the devil himself. What can you do to me? Blow torch you? British. Middle letters. Are we supposed to be on the same team? Do you know it's possible to die from pain? Get away from my boys. Huh? Yeah. Mom? The hunter? You were good at this, weren't you? Very. Hunters? No matter how good they are, they all end up the same way. I never wanted this for you and Sam. Get that ectoplasm leaking out of his ear? It's gotta be ghost possession. They get angry enough, they can take control of a person's body. Vince, together we can heal your sister, Wendy. You're right. Right there. You're right. That wasn't in the episode, was it? No. Nope. Because we would have remembered. Yep, we would have talked about it for 15 minutes. So I, I oh, I'm, wow, I think we first we got our I think this we, is j- first we got our messed up. We got our first dab. <laughs> he just dabbled he, in that one. He just put a dab of thought into the. Uh, oh. He dabbled in thought and he dabbled right out of it. We got dabbed. <laughs> we got dabbed. Way we, to go! Dabble. We have our first dabbed. <laughs> there you go. So I I know I wasn't crazy. 
as I watch that. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Wow. Uh, that is wow. Yeah. That's fucking awful. Well, I see, that I don't... created debate and almost ended our friendships here. See, here's my thing, though. I feel like that was the line they felt that they could cut, but whoever put the trailer previously on, the editor, didn't get that. He still had the previous original oh, cut. Oh, man. Fuck you, Thomas. And he yeah, put it I in. Yeah, I said fuck you, Thomas, for no reason. Yeah, so fuck, fuck you, too. Fuck you, Thomas. God damn. So. I don't take any of it back. He though. had more. No, of course not. He had more reason just simply than I love you and miss you. It's, it's him convincing, Lucifer convincing Vince not only that his wife is now an angel from heaven, but that he she can help his oh, life man. So much and, more and sense, dude. heal his wounds and heal his soul and all this stuff. And why wouldn't you say yes? That then? changes super that changes, changes the it. entire scenario as to yep. and our whole effing debate whether oh do you have to say yes or not? Obviously, he said yes. That kind of helps draw the conclusion that much more. Yeah. So that, I this was is wow. Right. I was right. He did say yes. I'm no, you we, were wrong. We all, I know. We all <laughs> said, <laughs> don't start this again. No, but I, but you, that Thomas. shows how one line can change so much in the edit. And the editing room God can damn, have great man. effects on the episode you see. Fuck. But so you've we know just been dabbed. you've just been dabbed. You get a dab of information, and then we take it away. <laughs> Sometimes he just dabbles, and it uh, just doesn't go the right way. So we know why he said yes, and we see Crowley and and Castiel go off in the hunt. And I did like that scene where you meet the sister and Crowley's like, I can take away what he did with a snap of a finger, you know, and him still being a bit of a dickhead. I wish he would have. He would have snapped his finger. She just falls to the ground. I like how he just shows up in the house. He's like, hey, I'm in your house. Uh I'm going to unlock this door real quick. (laughs) Like, I I still wish like that. Poor Castiel can't even fly into places anymore. I know. It's so sad. That lady was so mean, dude. I just wanted him to flip. Like just freaking, she just well, crumbles I mean, to it the makes, ground. Dude. She wasn't that mean. It makes she was, sense. She's being a bitch, dude. I don't oh, want her to fucking. Ryan is such a child. Like, I know. He's all, she said no. Yeah, she's gonna burn her house down. She's being a meanie, dude. So I wanted him to fucking just watch her crumble to the ground. Jesus and... Christ! She said no and was a meanie and wouldn't give us information. So Ryan, I want her to relive paralysis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after a miracle happened. But you know what I wanted? I wanted Ryan like if he never snapped... needs. He should never be in a position of authority. <laughs> Jesus I Christ! Wanted, I wanted him to snap his fingers like in Beetlejuice when he's on the table and he snaps his fingers and the the, the two people fall to the table. Like that's what oh, I wanted God. her to happen. Oh. I wanted her to just fall and crumple to the ground. Is anyway, that yeah. is that bad? Yes, yeah. it's bad. No, it's not. It's now. Great. I, I liked this little sentiment as well because Lucifer still did it. And th- to me, this is very important, not just because because she says he he did this mir- mir- meh, miracle, but then just moved on and it was very cold and it meant nothing to him. But the fact of the matter is it shows once again that Lucifer does not lie. Lucifer never lies to people. He tells them how it's going to be or he or, manipulates or his presentation of the truth. Of the truth yeah. You know? He th- do you think you can beat her? Yes, I think I can. It doesn't mean I it's will. It's kind of the whole the know? whole essence behind Lucifer. I, mean, I, I love he's it. the angel of light. He tra- he will transform himself into an angel of light, meaning he will fool you. Yeah, you know, and I I like that because it it shows a he doesn't he's still not a liar, which keeps true to his character. But even though he is known as the father of the lie, deceit. Yeah, more than anything, and that's not a hundred percent lying. In this no. show, we ha- he's he, they pretty stay true. To, they stay true to the fact that he does not necessarily lie. Yeah. You're right, and, and that right. has always been my favorite. And I think that's why I love this version of Lucifer so much because I never like the idea of like the two 
the goat footed three pronged horned red devil right who's like i'm gonna screw you and make you and make everything horrible then why would i do anything for I you I like or the, or bad because i know i'm gonna get punished yeah this I like lucifer is inferno one that had the fucking eight foot dick that was the one that i liked dude. that guy was badass you played that game didn't you, i did but jesus christ <laughs> no but i like this one because again it's not lying it's not pure evil it's him staying true to his word but it, convincing you to make these actions happen yourself you know it fits with this character it fits with a dickhead angel it fits with what he's always been about so i did really appreciate that concept that he still came and and healed vincent's sister he did what he asked him to do the rest of it sucks for vincent but yeah the rest of it's not you know i still liked that bit and moving on to rowena and uh, yes, Vincent let's. in the first place I, I gotta say Rick Springfield I liked his performance in this episode I you felt gotta like, give oh. it a chance man I, I, was, like he, I said I, I did say the last episode was his first time doing it yeah. this episode he had more time I said I would give him more time to get into the character and he definitely did feel more like the Mark Pellegrino's Lucifer half jokester but still a fucking evil dude. Yeah. Which is with the way he said the lines and, and his delivery was more delivery. Pellegrino's original in, uh, take on the character. It it fit. It felt more like he was there, but just with a different meat suit. Yep, I agree. And I loved that bit. So that worked for me. And, and so kudos to Springfield for that. I thought you did a great job. Yep. You know, which is a but, high bar for me just because yeah. I'm such a... St- Stupid Lucifer fan, but just when we started to like him, you know, he's he's at the bottom, then of, I was the bottom like, of the ocean. Fucker, dude, we yeah. just started. He's, he's looking for Geppetto, you know. <laughs> and that was oh the thing. His, his new vessel is going to be a whale. <laughs> oh, my or what was that? God. King King Shark, whatever the hell from oh, Arrow. Jesus. Hey, yes. <laughs> Say yes. He's Aquaman. Oh, he speaks oh, fish. Oh, oh, what was that? It's I'm his whale or he farted. I'm going to enter this vessel through your blowhole. <laughs> Which blowhole? Whichever one you said yes to. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, but it, it does kind of <laughs> suck. Now, they did directly refer to his vessels already burning up, and he was hoping that this one would last longer, something that people were griping about. Which that made cannon snobs like us happy. So, like, different vessels will ha- hold at a different rate. Some are, like... That one house where everyone died within three feet of each other, clearly they couldn't hold the vessel for whatever reason, whether they were too good or weren't good enough or whatever reason, and that other kid could leave the building and move on. Different vessels have different lasting time, but the fact of the matter is, unless it's Sam, it's still not going to last forever. You know, I think Nick was the second best choice on the fucking planet, and that's why he went to him. But he still needs Sam to not burn through all these corpses, essentially. And I liked that he's trying to come up with a way. He's like, what do you know? How do we make this vessel last longer? First of all, never ask Rowena to do a goddamn yeah, thing for you. nothing. I, the second she's starting to do spells, I'm like, dude, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. You're, you're so fucked, fucked right now. Oh, I wish she'd fuck me. Oh, God damn it. But <laughs> I liked it. I, I liked how he says, you know, someone as smart as you is going to have the book of the damn up there in her head. Right. Which keeps her important without having to bring that MacGuffin back what, into it. One of the best writing gimmicks on the show to keep a character in the show. Yeah, <laughs> she's right? only in because soon as she lo- loses the book of the dam, she kind of loses her purpose. 
Right. The fact that she has that hiding someplace is uh, is keeping her in the show. Yeah. And I, I do. Do you guys still think that Sam's his true vessel? That hasn't changed. I think I this think has been established changed, no. still. Uh, Castiel yeah, I mean, is a one-off only because it was a vessel specially made by God. Yeah, we know that. that 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 made sense. And then, of course, I think if we didn't see Rick Springfield's character vessel, whatever uh, Vince's vessel, start burning up by now, I think it would have uh, it would have me- thrown us. Yeah, because that's the first. That, remember, that's the first thing we started asking when we found out that Rick Springfield we will be playing Lucifer. Like, well, how does this whole like true vessel thing play into this then? Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm glad they're st- keeping with that because that's kind of the, the cornerstone of Supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> from day one, you know, Sam was being you know groomed, groomed. To, be, to be Lucifer's it was in his DNA. Yeah, yeah. So it, not it, just because of destiny, but it had to be. Even then, even with destiny, he still needed to be consuming an X amount of demon blood to be able to hold yeah. Lucifer. So I did like that, and of course, we knew that that vessel that that prolonging the vessel spell was not going to work but i loved that scene the visual effects on there kudos to the visual effects department i loved his slow subtle yet still rapid transition into just a full-on walking dead season one corpse one of the best parts i loved is the the graying skin graying skin the teeth the eyes getting black it looked so real it did it did i i love that because you know Originally, you have the small pockets of like decayed flesh burning through, which is what we saw with Nick. Right. I liked that Rowena's advanced his corpse, like the body straight onto like Walking Dead season one corpse status. And it looked great. It didn't look. It was a cool shot. It didn't look corny. It wasn't this quick change to his body. It was like they shot it again and again and just layered over slowly and until it slowly decaying every step it It looked great and exactly every step he took it got worse and that looked great and then just not only that visual but then him also threatening her i just wanted to be like he chose poorly (laughs) like that's how bad like it was i wanted to see though if they were going to go that route obviously they cut it off before it got too extensive like the, the rot and the decay it would but have been I, cool if they started to fall apart. Yeah, dude, that was so awesome. But him threatening her as he's decaying in front of you, like, that was... That was creepy. Dark. Yeah. You know, that was a cool scene, so I love that. It is a shame, though, because now as I'm just starting to, to like Rick Springfield... He's gonna come back as a whale. Fuck, now he's, he's like, fuck. underwater, and there's gonna be some new vessel now. He's in, like, yeah, he's under the ocean. He's like, a shark. I'm like, God fucking damn it, we just got here, and I, like him, am tired of the vessel hopping. He's gonna take over Mary Winchester's body. Ooh. He <laughs> comes back as a crab under the sea. Under the sea. What if he possesses a crab and someone eats that crab and then that person becomes oh, that, that is single. Hey, that, uh, that is the nice worst fan fiction, Ryan. Right? Yeah, Thomas never write bad fiction. No, that was Jesus. the worst fan fiction. Hey guys, I got a great idea, guys. I didn't say it was a good idea. So, so, and then, so Lucifer takes over his next vessel because he inhabits, he possesses a crab. I didn't say it was a good someone idea. Someone eats the crab and voila, we got a new vessel for Lucifer. What do you guys think? It would just be fun. That'd game. be funny. Let's and if it. that happened, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I would quit watching. Oh, yeah, God. the show would be dead to me. That works. That song fucking works, dude. <laughs> yeah, I like it. 
And it keeps it Lucifer keeps Lucifer just, at bay. Lucifer just it ha- he has no luck, dude. No, fuck no. <laughs> but it keeps him at bay in a reasonable way. It's not that he's in some vessel that suddenly can just house him, and he's just kind of biding his time. It's this vessel is dying. He needs to figure this out, and then she screws him over again, and he gets put back beyond full power because he's still not at full power. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Right. And it's still delaying him while keeping him a threat that makes sense. Why is he drinking demon blood? Wasn't the vessel supposed to He needs a goddamn be... vessel to last more than two minutes yeah. for him to drink the demon blood. Now <laughs> he's going to be drinking whale blubber. <laughs> then, and maybe that's kind of the reason why Vincent's vessel even lasted as long as it did. Yeah. Maybe there's a couple off-camera demon deaths. You know, they still believe in him. Yeah. He did go to Crowley's court. Maybe that's where he drank some. Who Crowley's knows? Court. So like a, a terrible buffet in the bad side of town. <laughs> Jeez. Crowley's Court. Or like one Gold of those Judge Corral. Judy shit shows. Yeah. Crowley's Court. Crowley's Court. It's just everyone gets condemned. That's Uncle the only Daddy, answer. I had the paperwork for this show. <laughs> Uncle Daddy. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I liked all of those scenes, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do with Lucifer next or how long he's going to be on the bench. Although I do feel like this kind of leads us directly into possibly one or two monster of the week, you know, generic. I hate to use that word, but generic episodes because Mary's been shelved. Lucifer's been shelved in the same episode. Rowena's, you know, like, I'll be there if you need help. But otherwise, all three of them, all three of them have been shelved. It's down to the brothers and Castiel and Crowley, what they want to do. Monster of the week. You know, and I could see it just being the brothers in this episode trying to deal with mom's leaving Crowley and Cass are still looking for Lucifer, but they know he's not going to show up anytime soon. Because he's under the sea. Exactly. <laughs> so this could be the Monster of the Week episode coming up. But I, I loved that bit. So, And speaking of the visual effects one last time, the ghost's death, I thought as he like burst into flames with the children around him and like just the, the face in the fire, I thought that was really cool. I liked that. It yeah, wasn't that the was same cool, But there was a way. shot. The second time he screams, I'm like, uh... If you go back and watch it, it looked very much like, I don't know, the actor looked like he, he might have been struggling with that scream because it just, it didn't look good. And then they went to the next shot of his face, yeah. flying, which was cool. I like that shot. That shot was cool. But yeah. there was one part where he's like, ah, and I'm like, oh, Lord. I think you're analyzing way too much. <laughs> oh, I was. It's definitely nippy. That's my job, guys. Plus, you, you watch on your phone, right? No, I watch on my TV. Thank oh, you very much. I, <laughs> watch on your I, phone. I thought you said you watch on the CW app all the time. I so do. I watch you have Apple I, TV. I have Apple TV to the TV. Okay. There you go. Yeah. But so I think, I mean, unless anybody wants to bring anything else up. I think the biggest thing about Rowena, because I know there's some controversy about her character saying I some see, people I still don't, don't like understand it. That. I what? personally, she's being used in a creative way. If you're going to keep a character like Rowena on the show, you got to find a place for her that works. And I think using her as a little bit of a of a parallel with uh, with Mary, that works. That's a number two. I mean, the seat, if you look at her character since she was introduced, she has been running. Yeah. That's she what was she running does. from the Grand Coven, running, running, running. That's all she has done. And the fact that she's finally decided, listen, I'm done running. If you guys need me, I'm here. And, but she doesn't want to be a part of the grand scheme. No. But, she's, but she has made, at the end of this episode, you can see the resolve in her face that, hey, I'm done. Enough is enough. Yeah. She's not trying to manipulate Crowley to gain power in hell. She's not trying to side yeah. up to Lucifer. She's not trying to... Be buddies with the darkness. She's done. Yeah, I li- I like her arc, and it makes sense to a personality like that with someone who has been running for literally uh, hundreds of years. hundreds of years, and in a way, the coven she's been looking for is right there. Yeah, 
It, it, whether people want to accept it or not, that's what the writers did. You got the Motley crew. You got the Winchester. You got Crowley, Castiel, well, that's what it was. and Rowena. That's what it was in season five. When yeah. D- Dean gets thrown into the future. You got a depowered angel. You got Chuck the Prophet, a couple of guys with guns hoping to hold the end of the world at bay. Yeah. And she's been looking for that group to respect her. And I think she, she found people that realize that she's capable of things. Yeah. So why continue to run and try to create a coven when she has one accidentally? Yeah. So she has her group. I think it works. I, I agree. I think she fits into Mary's story and it fits into her arc. It's kind of come to an end of realizing she can't run anymore. And she's even on semblance of good terms with Crowley as best as they're going to be. Which is fine because we don't need uh, like oh, I need I them lo- to be I love, love each yeah. other. Yeah. And at the same time, we don't need them to keep bickering with right. each other either. Just so, kind of mutual disdain yeah. cordially. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. So I think with that, guys, it's time to move into final thoughts for this one. Ryan, what about you? What do you give this grade? What um, did you think? I like this episode actually a lot. Um, it was it's one of those episodes where, I mean, in all intensive purposes, there was a monster of the week feel to it. But it also, like we said earlier, hit everything that we really had going on in the main story arc. Um, the visual effects in this episode were on point. Um, the 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 ghosts were cool. I had one nitpicky thing. And I just wanted to bring it up real quick is when Mary flashes the light at the kid and he squints when the light hits him in the eye. And I'm like, he's a ghost. <laughs> he's like a the, kid, though. I, it's, mean, it's a, it, I get I know, what you're saying. I, I just, like I said, super nitpicky for, from me. But, I mean, all the other shots, the ghost shots were cool. Um, you know, the the rotting Lucifer corpse was such a cool shot. Yeah. Um, and, they've, like I said, they hit on everything. I think I'm glad that they... They've kind of done what they've done with Mary. I think I'm excited to see where she shows up again later, obviously, in the in the season. But I think they've done a good job of, of showing her disconnect with coming back 30 years later. And I think I'm so glad they did that because I think last episode or the one after that I was like, I hope they don't end that. Like, I hope it's not like, oh, I'm ac- accustomed to what's going on. So I'm glad they did that. Um, the Rowena thing, putting her on the shelf, too, is smart. Um, I, I agree with what Mike said. You know, she basically has a coven. I don't understand why she was trying to run away from it. But, you know, hey, man. Not realizing what you have. Yeah. That's... She's been around for 340 years. I think she's just straight up done. And I think I'm OK yeah. with that. And I'm OK with the fact that she could come in every now and then help out. But she's not going to be an integral, you know, part. Makes sense. It works. It, it works. Um, you know, like we like we said, this looks like, you know, with everyone being shelved, the next episode is going to be more Sam and Dean and then. Cass and Crowley, which I'm okay with. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do, do with Lucifer. Um, like you said, Thomas, we got to the point where it's like, okay, we're kind of getting used to, to Rick Springfield playing this mm-hmm. character, and then now they shelf him. And it's like, yeah. okay, where are you going with this? What are you going to do with this? Um, so I'm intrigued to see where that happens um, and see what they're going to do with that character now that we kind of know he might be in that vessel. But we don't know for sure. So, I mean, he could still be as Rick Springfield. He could come up with some reason of how he you know. was able to get by. But, yeah. but I mean, it, it does kind of suck that we're like, all right, we're kind of getting used to this, and we and switch again. And it's God gone. damn it, and it's done. Um. So yeah, I, I really like this episode. If 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 we're grading, um, I'm gonna give this an A. Um, it hit everything that we wanted. It hit all the points. That like I said, the special effects were great. Um, I'm I'm. I'm, I was I was really entertained by this one. Solid so. day from Ryan. Solid day. Yep. Mike, what about you? <clears throat> um, I'm going to agree with Ryan. Uh, I'm going to oh give this God, episode really? an 
Uh, the structure of the writing, I think, is what really made this episode for yeah. me. I think Robert Barron's always brings a a very cinematic flair, as I was saying, to the show. And when you pair that with, you know, the veteran director, Robert Singer, who's been on the show since day one, who understands the themes, the styles, everything that goes with the show, you have the perfect and right ingredients to to create an A plus or a episode and them working together proved that they need to be worked together a lot more because that, yeah. they, I mean, they meshed their styles meshed very well together. Uh, also the directing cues were on point. Uh, the, there was various small choices that Robert Singer chose to go with um, that added to the story, mm-hmm. uh, much like the door that we brought up shutting Love that um, the silence. I mean, the, the parallel structure of writing between Mary and, um, and Rowena really drove home combined a triple threat combined with the ghost. I mean, yeah. you had all these elements boosting up Mary's story. Yeah. Subtly, not in your face. They weren't overt. It, it was very, it was done subtly. And as we know, in order to, by boosting Mary's story, you're fleshing out her storyline and therefore you're going to have much more to work with for Sam and Dean, which is what the show is all about. So right. all these things were working together in, ta- in tandem to basically help propel the emotional state of the Winchesters for this season. Yep. I mean, then you put that on top of the issues of with the men of letters. I mean, there's a lot as usual mm-hmm. for the Winchesters to go up against this season. And I think it's a great start. We're three episodes in and, and it's been I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Visual effects, of course, were, were good. I don't yeah. have complaints about it. I think uh, for the amount of budget they have and... Um, Which and, is the and more what surprising part. Yeah, and what they're given and their team time and time again put on the most consistent visual effects. You can look at other shows on the CW um, and their visual effects are not consistent. Look at other movies. Uh, yeah, you're right. And the fact that Supernatural, for the most part, I'd say nine times out of ten... First off, they've never had a terrible looking visual effect. We're like, oh my God, that was disgusting and horrible. Right. Like, like the one from Legends of Tomorrow we were talking about. <laughs> like, they never had anything like that. Yeah, so that they are one of the most consistent broadcast television v- visual effects, guys. Yeah. I have, I've witnessed on television. Kudos to them yeah. each and every time. I, I would love to see what they could do with more of a budget. You imagine if they were given like an HBO visual effects budget? Holy Oh, dear holy God, dude. This fuck, show would be dude. amazing. I mean, it is. Now. You would have seen angels in their full glory at this point. Yeah, fully you erect. Know? The apocalypse would have been like this holy fucking shit show. Fully erect. <laughs> Everybody. Just boners all the time. Uh, I mean, hey. Yeah. I'm in. So, for me, again, I agree with both your guys' points. This episode was great episode. The writing parallels on keeping both stories entertaining throughout the whole 40-minute period. The characters and how well you barons wove what was happening on the surface to what's happening underneath with these characters the direction from singer the visual effects for lucifer scene the acting from everybody including rick springfield who made lucifer feel real again for me you know i i loved a lot of stuff about this episode and i think it is a strong start to a, a season that's got a lot of different problems not just from a biblical the darkness is here what do we do but a character driven issue and i think this is something that kripke this is more of what kripke meant when he talked to sarah gamble about you have to tell more of a character driven story a smaller story that is these characters and what they're going through and i think that dab and his team currently are on a good path 
for this to be well executed. It's a, a tough time for these characters. I mean, the last two endings of the last two episodes ripped people's guts out, ripped their heart out, you know, between Sam finally having a mom and then that just quickly turning around. I think they're off to a good track to give us a strong season with characters that also have a real threat that doesn't feel out of proportion or underwhelming at the same time. So kudos to everybody. This episode for me, was also an A. So that's A's all around. Now we're going to get into the last little bit of the show here. And we wanted to first start with a question that came up that we were sent just last week. Uh, this was from a fan. I, can we say her name? Yeah, it's kind of a little pointless now since we got that little bit that you caught from the previously, but we can get into it. Yeah, well, just to touch on it because somebody asked. Uh, Sarah Plemons, she had said, I'm a little I'm a little late on listening. Sorry, but I have a question for Thomas. Did Adam say yes to Michael? I know Dean did. Now, the the way that worked is kind of off screen because Adam's brought back from the dead. And he's in the like magic room where Zachariah was, and there was some unlimited cheeseburgers. And he had already God, said yes. Awesome. He already had agreed in that conversation that he was going to say yes. Remember, he said that he was going to say yes. Yeah. He never said yes directly to Michael. So it really, it's you could take it one of two ways: either that counted that he that him talking in in exchange to Zachariah and Dean counted as a confirmation, or what I see kind of being the way it could have gone is he was trapped in that room. Dean's trying to get him out. They're banging on the door. He cannot get him out because interdimensional crap, you know. As Michael descends upon the room, the way I see it, it could have either been he just said yes because he was going to already, or what Lucifer and Zachariah have always threatened, they'll beat the living fuck out of you and yeah. keep bringing you back to life until you say yes. Yeah, I, that's always what I... Uh, that was always, that's how I always took it. That was always my assumption, too, mm-hmm. that he said yes because, as we know, we already know... That's something that Kripke did. He didn't spell things out for people, which I like. I, yeah. I'm not... I'm, I, sometimes, nowadays, with TV... You kind you of feel, to, you feel insulted because yeah. they just give you too much information. But I think that was the assumption. We already saw that the angels were willing to kill you, bring you back to life, torture you, kill you get, again, you know, make it very unbearable pain uh, unless you do what they want. And and I, that's what I always assumed. Yeah, that's that was how I took it, because he didn't really want to be there. He was trying to escape. But you have that angelic light from the archangel like he had no choice in that. I think at some the, point he said yes because he had to. I think at the point at this point, canon is you have to say yes. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's established. We I think, saw we saw it also with the, when the angels were 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 massively possessing people at the end of season, uh, yeah, beginning of they season had the nine. Preacher say tell everyone to say yes. Yeah, and they know? fool people into saying yes, or they torture people into saying yes. But you, that is just they're bound to it. That is that is it's law. Yeah, you know, even Rowena in this episode said there's no magical circumstance for this kind of thing they're bound by these rules of certain vessels and have to say yes and and so on and so forth yeah so but with that line that i found through the cw's opening on their site kind of helped answer that too yeah absolutely so guys we're gonna have a little discussion now on the upcoming episode american nightmare ryan do you have the synopsis yeah so this one was written uh by a newcomer davy perez and directed by john showalter uh with mary temporarily out of the picture Trying to once again find her place in the world, Sam and Dean find a new case to get their minds off their current home situation. The case in question takes them to an off-the-grid, devout religious family that may be holding a, a huge secret that could destroy them all. And then blah, blah, blah. This one is uh, going to be interesting. This, I, li- I like the title. 
American Nightmare. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's American Horror Story. And and here's the thing: that name, that title, plus the idea of this off the grid religious family makes me think of this weird like Stepford Wives setup cult dude. where it's this this fun loving appearingly peaceful wholesome town and there's really this really dark secret underneath and that's something that's been played out in a lot of different media through video games and movies and television but i always love that because cool- it creeps me out i'm i'm hoping that this episode will take us back to uh, as promised by dab to the roots of season one and season two which was america yeah. which was american folklore and the fact that the title is american nightmare i'm hoping this is going to be the first episode where we're slammed with with that type of folklore the original yeah. horror yes we got there with we got the tip the tip was uh was just, uh, the, tip, just the tip was the was the crying baby i'm not complaining about that but i'm ready i'm yeah. ready for some ready more for so whole gonna, hog. yeah so they're gonna do this <laughs> i want all walls and then to be they're filmed. gonna do amityville and they're just gonna have the boys go to the house and that's when they're gonna insert all the way in. yes yeah yes shoulder deep yeah oh joe walter has my consent <laughs> oh so you said yes yeah there you go oh, okay yeah. i i do hope that they go back to season one i hope that this monster of the week is like the season one's back to horror idea that they've been talking about i think we are on a good track to do that and no offense to the man but the fact that he davy perez is a newcomer to the the entire show and not just the show but according to imdb just yeah. in general he's relatively new I have a little bit of of hesitation or, or a little bit of okay. Hopefully this goes really well. I'm yeah. hoping for the best, but why? I am reserved. Why? Because his name is Perez. He's Mexican. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Well, I mean, there are really no great Mexican. Well, you think he can only write telenovas? Yeah, <laughs> Telemundo. You think they pulled him from like the basement? Like, hey, you know, you've been the uh, monsters of Chupacabra. You've been mopping the floors here for about nine years, and we figured, hey, you know what, this kid wants to write. Let's go ahead and give him a write The whole new CW thing is about diversity. So come on, Perez. Let me write an episode of Supernatural. Drop that mop and pick up a pencil. Let's write. Yep, that's pretty much it. No. Exactly. I am being a negative person. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's what he did. Is he's walking into, you, the, into the writing you room. You open the he's writing like room one day and you just hear this guy. He's got a sombrero and some nachos. There's not even music playing from a machine. It's just around him. Oh. I'll come back later. Orale. Yeah. He's a, mm. hey, hey, hey. Uh, uh, like a uh, Robert Barron's like, hey, who's this guy? Um, I didn't know we were going to have food service here. Hey, can let me have uh, <laughs> can I get a taco <laughs> and a bean burrito. This is great, Dab. I knew putting yes. you as a showrunner would be great. Thank God. We got food service right here. Authentic Mexican cuisine right here at the show. Fuck, I'll man. have the carne acida. <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself a dang quesadilla. Oh, man. So no, I'm not trying to be an asshole, and I hope uh, I wish him the very best. <laughs> And now I want Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm getting Mexican food on the way home. But he is new to Supernatural as a whole. And this is a very, very vocal, very, in episode 16 of season nine, you did this sentence, fandom. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I hope he's done his research because hope he knows people he's... will get angry if there's there's issues. The guy, better, I... he better hide if he doesn't do a good job. <laughs> but I, we I, I do hope, him. I hope it's good. 
I hope it's a good episode. I have faith. I mean, you got to remember these people don't seem to realize sometimes that just because I mean, I'm, I'm sure I know you're aware of this, but just because he's the lead writer doesn't mean he didn't have Andrew Dabb do a once over on it. Right. Exactly. I mean, he they give you assignment. They, they give you an it. assignment, an idea. They talk. They all talk about it. it's on the whiteboard. They have their cards all set out. They're yep. like, they have their scene breakdowns and they're like, OK, this episode is going to be you, uh, Mr. Perez. Uh, this is what we already worked out as a group. This is what we figured Eating. out. This is going to have to move the myth arc this right. much. And now you write this. And, uh, and Dab probably rewrote it a couple times. So I, I, he probably did. That's what showrunners do. That's their job. Yeah. You I know, mean, along with the story editors, there's lots of eyes going. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Robert Singer takes a look. Probably. So I, I'm, I'm not I'm, a doctor, I'm, but I'll take a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure they'll be okay. But, you know. We'll see. It does. It's got, I, it looks you. good so far from just like what Sounds we're told. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. The concept sounds great. The title sounds great. You know, I'm with you though. Like I, I'm always a little, I'm always a little, yeah. When, when a new writer comes on, but look at Nancy Wan last year. Exactly. Hey, he I mean, might knock out of the park and we might deliver just blowing the shit out of him yeah. next episode. Yeah, she, so. I mean, Nancy Wan delivered some fantastic. Absolutely. In fact, we were upset that she left last we year, were. this past year. I still am. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's doing wonders on uh, frequency. Well, you know, good for her, but God damn it. Yeah. Don't leave us. <laughs> We're very needy. Especially uh, Nancy Wong. She was hot. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Ryan. So hopefully this one's this one's looking good. You know, but I mean, we're off to a good start. So I think I, ha- I have faith at this time, which is rare for me. Well, look so. at Thomas turning over a new leaf. Jesus, I know. Wow, this is a new I know. Thomas. I might collapse over here we'll see Fuck you thomas yeah so with that guys <laughs> i think that's gonna do it here for us thank you for taking the time to listen to us either live or on demand make sure to check out the facebook page check us out on twitter check out the rain man digital media website for extra content from us and from all the other shows and we'll see you guys all next week you little maggot you are no longer a part of this story hey ass butt